This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hour number three, Game 7 Sports Saturday, Sports Radio WEEI. My name's Dale Arnold. Kirk Minahan from WEEI.com is across the table. Uh, Celts and Heat, Game 7 tonight at the American Airlines Arena. Joining us right now from Miami, also from WEEI.com, the mm. superb Celtics and NBA beat reporter for uh, EEI.com, Paul Flannery. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Good, Dale. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Uh, I, we, we, we've been saying all along uh, there's nothing better than Game 7, although the only thing that might have been better is if the Celtics had won this thing in Game 6. I was shocked at how they came out in Game 6 the other night. I was too. I really was. And you don't expect that. And I mean, it's not like... It's not like they didn't want to play well. You know, it just didn't happen. And credit credit Miami with a nice little adjustment on the Rondo Garnett pick and roll. But seriously, LeBron LeBron just took the wind right out of their sails. That was that was a performance. I have not seen a performance like that live since I started covering the beat again. Um, you know, from the early 2000s. That that was that was amazing. I think Paul, when you look at it tonight, you have to say from a Celtics fan's perspective, you look at it these two things. LeBron James is not going to shoot 19 for 26, and you presume Paul Pierce is not going to shoot four of 18. And then you go from there, right? Oh, I think that's a pretty good place to start. And you know, but I think the I think the likelihood of LeBron going off is far better than Pierce having another tough game, though. That's uh, fair. Had yeah. a, he has had a really tough series. This, you know, this could this could probably this is probably his toughest series he's played. And you know, the injury certainly has something to do with it. But LeBron is just on another level right now. But you're right. I mean, Pierce can't shoot what was it, four for eighteen, yeah. four for six from three. That can't happen. They're going to walk out of here with a win. And the other guy that that I thought, unfortunately, they couldn't over- overcome his shooting most was Kevin Garnett. He's been so good up to this point. I was very mildly surprised at how poorly he shot. Yeah, he didn't really get a lot of opportunity. And, again, I think Miami's defense had a lot to do with that. You know, what they're doing is they're just dropping Dwayne Wade off into the paint and, you know, forcing Rondo to shoot. It's also taking away Garnett on the roll there. So it's tough. Um, they need to get him the ball in the places that he can score. And they've done it at times throughout this series. Other times they haven't. When they have done it, they've played really well. So, to me, getting Garnett off to a good start, that's, that's key for them because they need, they need to live on that. They're not going to get those transition baskets down here. They need to live on Garnett's paint. And, you know, he's, he's done a lot this playoff. He needs to do it one more time, though. If you're a Celtics fan, you see Joey Crawford, Foster, and I think Callahan tonight are the three officials. Does that, does that mm-hmm. give you reason for optimism, pessimism? Is there something that jumps out at you when you see these three guys? There's a lot that jumps out. I mean, one is that, look, I know Joey Crawford is sort of a, a lightning rod, mainly because he's the one referee everybody can identify. But in the NBA, if you are on the road in a big playoff game, you want Joey Crawford working that game. That's his reputation. He's not going to be influenced by the crowd. He may go the other way, as a matter of fact. Um, uh, Duke Callahan, I believe, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure the Celtics have won 10 or 11 of the last, you know, 11 or 12 no, games. Yeah, they're 10, 10 and 1, the last 11. 10 and 1, I, and I believe they've won every game in the postseason that he's worked. And, you know, Scott Foster is a veteran official to me. Scott Foster is what people think Joey Crawford is. He calls right. a lot of fouls. He calls more technicals than Joey does. So, look, it's a veteran crew. They're not going to take any nonsense. I hope, my hope is 
that they that we're not talking to the refs after this one. That's my hope. I've said that uh, coaching Rajon Rondo has got to be infuriating at times for Doc yeah. Rivers because for every transcendent performance Rondo has, he will go out there and have an indifferent performance. That's the sort of thing that drives coaches crazy. Do you get the sense at times that Doc gets frustrated coaching him? Yeah, I'm frustrated for one, but exhilarated as well because he's such a special talent. I mean, their relationship to me is the most important relationship on this whole team, the one between Doc and Rondo. It is the key to everything that goes on, especially now, especially in this season and in this playoff. And to me, Rondo, Rondo, has had, Rondo has put himself on another level in the playoffs. He is playing at a star, superstar level. I mean, everybody talks about, oh, he's a top three point guard. I kind of roll my eyes because I'm, I'm thinking Chris Paul, Tony Parker, all these other guys. He's put himself there in this postseason. But along with Garnett, it's got to be him. Him and, him and Garnett are, have got to be the two key guys for them tonight because, again, Miami does not have anyone who can match up with him. Well, and the comparison Breen and Van Gundy made the other night was, and I know this is blasphemy for many people, was Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the kind of ga- that's the kind of game he's playing right now. Well, yeah, right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, and you know, it's 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 a great game to try to compare Rondo to somebody else because I don't think there is anyone. You can't do it, Paul. I, he's not Magic yeah. Johnson. He's a different. You know, Magic. First of all, Magic was six nine. I mean, right. Rondo's just. Yeah, he's impo- there's no you, you always see like you see Durant. I see Durant for example, and I see a little bit of Reggie Lewis in Durant. He's a better version of Reggie Lewis, but you know the kind of the long, quick jumper. Mm-hmm. The guy like Rondo, I, I I don't see it. I don't see anybody. The one I love is Gary Payton. Yeah, uh, I I like that one a lot. Although Rondo was a better defensive player a couple of years ago, which is when I really like that comparison. But right. no, there really isn't anybody. If you look at like you know the stat sites that have comparables, his his are all over the map. Like, none of them make any sense. He is a completely unique player in the league right now. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun watching him. It's, it's great fun covering him. To get back to the original point about him and Doc, I mean, I think they've come to an understanding over the last couple of years. It's not always easy. They definitely fight. But I think at the same time, they, they are on a really good page right now. They are, they are linked as coach and player. If this is a close game, Paul, with two, three minutes to go here, you know, forgetting the foul situation, you expect the lineup to be – uh, Petrus instead of Bass with those other guys, or do you think it's sort of you know, hard to predict here? I would think so, only because they've gotten a lot of mileage out of that lineup. The the thing that Bosch does, he does a lot of things, but one of the things he does is um, he allows them to play Bosch and Haslam at the same time, right? Which kind of takes them out of that small lineup. So some of it will be you know who's on the floor for the other for the other team, but that lineup has worked really really well for them, and they like it. And you know, I mean, Petrus, look. He might crank three threes. You just never know. And that's, that will be I, – I would not put it past him to do something like that tonight. If I'm Doc Rivers, uh, and I said this earlier, I would try desperately to figure out a way to keep Paul Pierce away from LeBron James in the first mm-hmm. quarter. I, I, I just think that early foul trouble disrupted his timing, disrupted his rhythm in game six. You can't help but foul LeBron James if you're, if you're playing against him defensively. Do you think Doc will try to get Pierce away from him early tonight? Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a pretty good call, although the way they start is hard because at least for the first six minutes you're going to have that. Um, you know, Petrus is the second guy. Brandon Bass was actually the third guy the other night. There aren't really any great options. Pierce has got to play better. He's got to play without fouling, and I know it's hard, and I know LeBron gets a lot of calls, but he's got to take the responsibility and not put himself in that position to get a couple of early fouls because you're right, Dale. That, that, that took him out completely, I thought, in game six. 
You think what's what's the temperature around there in terms of if Miami were to lose tonight, are they going to a blow up the entire thing, which to me to me means keep LeBron and just look from there, or b you know kind of keep things around and get rid of Spolster, or c do nothing? Um, yeah, I I think they're going to have to look at outside options if this doesn't work. I mean, you know, there are going to be guys who are available. Dwight Howard is going to be available. Pau Gasol is going to be available. You know, do you need another big man who complements these guys? Because no one's ever tried to make this work with two dominant wing players before that's never been tried the way lebron and wade are and you know it's blasphemy down here to think about trading Dwayne wade but that would honestly that would be the direction that's, i would as i said during the last break paul it's the only move that makes sense for me for this team you get rid of wade you bring the you know basically you trade a dime for two nickels because i think that's kind of what you have to do and say you know what lebron this is your team yeah i, I don't disagree with you but you, you have to understand the position that wade is down here sure. in, in south florida he is he's the icon he's the he icon won the of title sport. yeah he is, he is complete. To me, he's been horrible. Not horrible. He's been not Bad. good in this, in a- average. He deserves a lot of the criticism. He gets none. He is completely blameless down here. So, it's a, it's a, it is a weird thing. And you got to also remember, too, the only guy calling the shots here is Pat Riley, and nobody knows what the heck he's going to do. Well, I was going to ask you about Dwayne Wade. Is it, is it a long term thing? Has he hit that wall that every great athlete hits? Is it a short term injury induced? thing for him what is the story with Dwayne Wade have we seen the best that he has to offer and those days are gone I think we have I mean he's 30 years old he's going in NBA terms he's basically going on 34 the way he plays he takes a lot of contact um you know a guy like Pierce has held up really really well over the years playing kind of a similar style not not exactly the same but a, a physical bruising style and it takes a lot out of these guys, you know. And I, to me, Wade is on starting on the downside. That doesn't mean he's not an all-star. That doesn't mean he's not even an all-NBA player. But, I mean, he's on the downside of that career. What's the, so, Paul, what do we got tonight? What's the prediction? You know what, Kirk? I had a bad feeling all day about game six. I really did. And maybe it's lack of sleep. Maybe it's a lot of other things. I, kinda, I, I can see the Celtics pulling this off tonight. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to have to be a lot like Game 5 where somebody makes shots down the stretch. But I could absolutely see them pulling it off. We'll call it, what, 91-87. What caused your bad feelings about Game 6 that turned out to be true? Yeah. They just make things tough, right? They do make things tough, and I thought everybody was sort of, you know, already, you know, saying it like it was a done deal, and the Garden crowd was going to be crazy. I bought into that, too. Um, all that stuff. But, you know, it took a superhuman effort from LeBron to win that game. Because if you look at the rest of the Heat, the, the, the role players played well, but the rest of the Heat didn't actually play all that well, and the Celtics missed a ton of shots. So that's why I kind of think they, they, they've got it. And, you know, it's like I say, it's, it's going to be tough. I don't put it past LeBron and make a bunch of threes and, and, and knock, them, knock them right out of there. But I think it's set up for the Celtics tonight. I really do. Final question from me. If tonight is the last game for the big three, and if they lose, I think it will be the last game for the big three. What will be the history of this unit for this period of time? How will, how will Celtics fans treat this era? It's a great question. And I've been thinking about this all year long. I think it's going to be an, an era that will get better with age. I think immediately there will be some disappointment that they didn't do more. But I think when you look at what they did, starting from nothing, and then you look at a team like Miami that tried to sort of mimic the same thing and couldn't do it right away – I think that accomplishment, 2008, winning 66 games, winning an NBA championship, I think that is big. 
Well, Paul, you make a great point because I remember being watching the draft lottery that night, and when the Celtics got that fifth pick, I sat there and thought, this team is not going to win the championship for another 25 years. I mean, how are they going to win the championship? It's going to be impossible. And for five years later to win a title and to be one game away from getting to your third final in, what, five years, six years, five years? Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, that, that is, you're right. I think 20 years from now, this group will be appreciated a lot more than they are now, and they're appreciated now. I'll say this. You'll miss them when they're gone. You really will. Paul, we always appreciate the insight and the time. Thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy Game 7. I hope it's a great night for Celtics fans everywhere. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. See you, Take Paul. Take care. That is uh, Paul Flannery, WEI.com, joining us live from Miami, where he is covering Game 7. Uh, he likes this one. And, and, and he didn't like the Celtics in Game 6. I loved the Celtics in Game 6. You did, too, by the way. As you said, we've oh. been wrong about everything. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And I think Miami's going to win tonight, which is really good for the Celtics. They'll probably win because I'm picking them. So, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Dale, what are we doing here? What are we doing? First of all, what are you doing at Fenway? That's a good question. We've okay. talked a lot of baseball today, haven't we? Uh, we'll take a quick break. We've got about an hour to go with thereabouts. Your calls from now until the end. Dale and Kirk live at Fenway. Back to your calls 90 seconds from now. Sports Radio WEEI. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.